Welcome to The Uplift, where we are uplifting our lives, uplifting each other, and uplifting our communities together. Thank you for joining myself, Sai Herrera, and Tessa Savala here, two women, two attorneys, doing it our way, and inviting you here each week to share in on the stories, advice, and life lessons we've picked up along our journeys that keep us uplifted, and that will hopefully do the very same thing for you. Now buckle in and let's get ready to be uplifted. Hello, everyone. As always, I'm Tessa, and I'm joined here by the lovely Sai. Hello, hello. You know, Sai, this week I've been thinking about our conversation about saying I'm fine and whether or not that's mm-hmm. actually a accurate reflection of how we're feeling at a moment and how we use it to kind of diminish our feelings or diminish how we're feeling but I was also thinking it goes so far beyond that how we talk about ourselves like our and I know I'm guilty of it apologizing too much Mm -hmm. or saying oh I'm sorry to have bothered you when you called to ask (laughs) a business question and Mm -hmm. all the different ways that we limit our abilities by using the words that we choose because I think they either consciously or subconsciously cause a reaction that kind of impact how people view us and how people treat us yeah have you noticed that in your like day-to-day life relationships professional world oh yeah 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 100 percent. I've totally been on a journey with this um it's something that I noticed about myself more and more just you know I guess the older that I've got the more that I've observed other people and it kind of started honestly with seeing people being really assertive and noticing like oh that's different (laughs) That's, that's very different than what I'm doing right and um they're not apologizing for for giving their thoughts or you know for um, just being um, honestly mm-hmm. like sometimes people and including myself like have been like you know I'm sorry I'm sorry to be in the way I'm sorry to call I'm sorry to, like why are we apologizing yep. so much like right? first of all <laughs> what's how the did sorry we learn this right right exactly and why and why is it important right and why have we been socialized to believe that it's important um, and it's really mm-hmm. interesting you know I have my Uh, baby girl who just turned six and you know we teach kids from a young age to say sorry and even the even that I've been thinking a lot about like when we are socializing to say I'm sorry and other times you know I notice when she's saying sorry it, it seems to me like too much and I've been stopping her and saying like no that's not something you have to say sorry for that's that's completely fine you can just say this instead, you know, and, and that has totally been something that comes from my experience of, you know, just, just almost instinctually, not instinctually, but really habitually um, saying sorry all the time and just, and, you know, just making ourselves smaller, making ourselves uh, less noticeable, (laughs) less offensive, you know, (laughs) this little demureness is still a thing in 20... 22 it's really interesting and of course yeah like like for who is it more prominent of course right right I you know as you were talking it hit me I think I just identified 
what event in my childhood mm. like impacted this for me and I remember mm. going to the lumber yard with my mom we had just come to the United States she I knew that she knew how to like use a saw and build things because she was very much like the person who took care of the house in that way nice and she was before we left the lumber yard she asked them to cut pieces of wood for her but she did it in this way that you know oh I'm just like this helpless blonde lady how could I do this myself <laughs> and I remember watching the scenario going what in the world is happening <laughs> this is not an accurate reflection of who I see her as and mm-hmm. why is she doing this to a bunch of men who are just like now giggling at her and mm-hmm. I'm like this is weird Mm-hmm. But they also reacted in a way that, like, did exactly what she wanted and, like, yeah. went above and beyond. So I remember getting into the car, like, why did you <laughs> ask them to cut wood? Because you know how to cut wood. Why have them do it when you could do it yourself? Yeah. And she's like, because it's so much easier if they do it. And I'm like, huh. But <laughs> why did you use the words? Like, you, like, lied to them. <laughs> she's like, right. I, said what, I said what I needed to say to get it done. I'm like, Mm-hmm. And, you know, my little, like, five, six-year-old mind was like, what is going on? <laughs> but it was also, like, a lesson of, wow, words are really important. And I, I think I picked up afterwards that, you know, like, they then continued at this little, like, family-run lumberyard to treat her in that poor, helpless woman way mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of that event moving forward, even mm-hmm. though she is, you know, has the ability to be very tough and strong and is the one who takes care of all the stuff around the house. Wow. Wow. That really just hit me as, wow, that's where I learned that if you diminish yourself, which she did, Mm -hmm. she she got what she wanted in American society in kind of a consumer-based way. But is that where I learned that that's what I need to do? And I'm starting to think that's what I did and how do I continue to break that habit? Because I know I am guilty of saying, well, I think that, and then feeling the need to relay like 15 to 20 facts that I've learned. Whereas if a man, <laughs> if, if a man to justify, say, to justify it, right. Mm. Or if a man said, you know, we need to go in direction X. Yeah. No justification. Yeah. Just this yeah. is what needs to happen. Even opinions. I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately where people, and, and I do it all the time. I'm sure I've done it a million times on this, on this podcast, but you know, <laughs> just opinions of being like, well, I think this, and I think that, and I think, you know, this is happening. And then hearing somebody say, and, and I've literally been justifying it in my mind lately. Like, it's okay. I'm telling myself, it's okay to say, this is what should happen or this is what happened. This is, you know, this is where we are. And, and, and understanding, like I've literally been, again, having a dialogue in my head saying it's okay to just say those things in that way, because people understand that that's your opinion. It's coming from you. (laughs) (laughs) And like, you know, like, why do we start with, this is my opinion. Well, yeah. duh, you're saying people it. People know that. Yeah, I think people can figure that part out, right? But yeah. I, really, I really, you know, if you really digest, if you really dissect it a little bit, it's probably because, you know, I guess I can only speak for, you know, who I am in my experience, but I think, you know, especially being a woman and uh, maybe a woman of color or just um, somebody who, who, in my mind, just in a lot of different ways has been taught to be, 
or been encouraged to be smaller apologetic for speaking mm-hmm. up I, I I think it's literally just that habit of justifying why you're even speaking why are you saying something why are you why are you even why do you think it's okay for you to have a thought here or have input here and I know that turned you know that's kind of dark and ugly but it's I think very real like I think that I that think mu- so. and I'm saying I think right now but it is it is it's it, and it it's, hurts right like it hurts yeah. wow we're doing that to ourselves yeah and and yeah and it's probably something that we have picked up as a defense mechanism right mm-hmm. because for example, if you are in a conversation with somebody who's really, you know, beyond a sort of maybe aggressive or is, you know, maybe someone who sees themselves as like the alpha or, you know, for lack of better language, it's just like the dom- the dominant person in the conversation, what have you. If somebody else speaks up, especially against that person's opinion, and you have all these like tricky, very, you know, um, intricate dynamics like let's say family dynamics right um then it can be scary to just like stand up against that person and have a completely different opinion and and we probably carry that with us as we go into the broader world and maybe we actually have some fear of how you know we'll be received how people will react to us having a strong opinion um you know again I can only speak for my own experience, but I'm sure a lot of people have had the same thing where they've just, you know, their opinion has been knocked down. They're just, you know, feeling of being able to even have an opinion has been diminished by others. And maybe we've just internalized that. I I totally see where you're coming from. I think of times where probably as a child, I voiced an opinion. It was harshly knocked down. Mm -hmm. And so I learned to just make an opinion that wasn't my own but I mm. formed an opinion that I knew was acceptable mm-hmm. and said that one even if it wasn't my actual opinion mm-hmm. 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 yeah sometimes just 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 stating your real truth I mean I always say nobody likes the truth <laughs> 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 because I think it's true I you know there 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 are a lot of people in my family who are I think truth tellers and by that you know we've talked about this before but they think they're saying the truth. It's really their truth, right? Um, <laughs> oh, that is such a good distinction. And so when you say your truth, um, yeah, not everyone's going to take it really well, especially if it's something that, you know, is critical of somebody else or if it's just not the same opinion as the group. I mean, group pressure is very, very real, yeah. right? Like just that, like that, that social um, pressure to to conform to 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 be agreeable in a group and I think that goes even beyond just like you know sexism and gender roles and stuff like that I think that goes way beyond that I think probably even even in just like you know an all-male group or what have you it's real you know like what do they call it when you're in peer peer pressure you know but I don't think that that ends when you're just a teenager I hate when people talk about like oh it's just you know peer pressure when people are young that's that's all the time that's That's you're in a yeah yeah, that's why that's when you're in a family that's when you're in a workplace that's when you're in a friend circle that's all the time relationships like peer pressure is just super real we are social animals and we got a lot of dynamics going on when it comes to that. And this is one of them. Um, 
you actually get rewarded for being agreeable. And especially if you're a woman or if you're a minority, if you're a person of color, like, I mean, there's so many different reasons why you might be socialized, right, to take the back seat. And I think just recognizing that is really, really powerful. And it can be the beginning of your journey and onto something else. Absolutely. And I think of it in this like simple terms, and I hope this helps our listeners. You know, not everyone likes broccoli. So if we're all at a restaurant, we all don't have to order broccoli. Some of us might order asparagus, and that's okay. But Mm -hmm. that conformity and that desire to be like everybody else doesn't help you be your true and best self. Right. Right. And, you know, how much are we missing out on? Yeah. How much potential are we losing by buying into this whole required dynamic of the group being conformist and being agreeable and lining up behind one person? You know, for practical purposes, I get it. You know, I'm part of organizations. I understand how it works. We do need consensus at some point or another. We can't always have conflict, right? Like, I get it. I totally get it. But at the same time... Wouldn't it be beautiful if we just made space for this, like, I call it workshopping, actually. I'm just realizing, like, I've created language around this (laughs) because there's conflict, right? If some, like, people really, people can really get nervous about being disagreeable, bringing up different points of view, even. Like, I mean, just simple things of just somebody said something, now I can't say what I was thinking because it doesn't it doesn't conform. It doesn't, it doesn't line up with that. Right. Um, brainstorming. I something you said being disagreeable mm-hmm. just yeah. because two people have different ideas doesn't necessarily mean it's right. a disagreement, right? Like right. how have we become this? If you have different opinions, it has mm-hmm. to be a disagreement. Whereas I think they can both coexist at the same time. And then 100%. I think it kicks in your workshopping idea. Let's everybody talk about these two different ideas yep. and figure it out. Because maybe Absolutely. parts of all of them could work together to become something better. And from what everything I've read, if we have diverse opinions like that in a group setting and we form a new opinion, we end up being more successful as a group. All right. This is not just my way or the highway. Right. And you have to get really creative, though, because you know, another trick or another trap that we fall into is that the loudest, most assertive voices are always going to be the first ones to speak up and set the tone in a group setting. And then it becomes like, well, what about everybody else? Right. And they're never Mm -hmm. going to speak up if it's not you know if it's not comfortable and so yes you have to you basically have to build structure and build spaces where people really feel like they can give input and one of my favorite things honestly is just literally letting everybody speak I mean that's it's it seems so simple but I read something (laughs) I don't know if I already said this but I, I read something the other day that was just like a great leader they went around and like studied great leaders and, and one of the great leaders heard everybody speak before they even said a word. And uh, that was how they conducted their, like every, every meeting, every time that they met with or gathered with other people, 
they would listen first um, and they would make sure that everyone spoke basically somehow or another. I don't know the details. I'm still trying to figure that out, <laughs> but, but I love that concept of just, you know, listening before you speak. First of all, I mean, that's just, that just works well for me because then I know what everybody's thinking and right. I don't have to guess and I don't have to go off on a 30 minute, you know, rant about something, not rant, but you know, speech <laughs> about something that is irrelevant. You know, maybe we're already on the same page in that regard and we need to workshop this other point and that's where the discussion could really be useful. So, you know, it's, it, you have to be very intentional basically to fight yeah. against all of these, like, I don't know if it's not, I don't know if it's natural, but it's very much common that you have this, you know, kind of most assertive person goes first and then everyone else just kind of falls in line somewhere or another and then you don't really get anything cool or creative out of it i'd say in my field of politics i don't know if it's necessarily the most assertive <laughs> person who speaks the loudest i think mm. it's the i think i'm more like show ponies like the show pony that's going <laughs> to dance the fanciest is the one that goes first because they think they have great steps not necessarily because they're assertive, but because they like want to put on a show. <laughs> well, that's the classic saying of like people who like to hear themselves talk type of thing too, which I think is yeah. kind of like a double-edged sword because it's like on one hand, yes, there are some people who just take up all the space. They take up all the air out of the room and there's nothing left for anybody else. But also, you know, there have been people that just weaponize those kinds of things against <laughs> people that are just you know they want them to stop talking they don't want them to be um outspoken they don't want them to share their opinions they want to manipulate the situation and so you got to watch out for yeah. that too which is I mean I've definitely been on the other end of that where people have told me oh well she likes to talk a lot or, you know, and it made me feel like, oh, do I talk too much? Am I being <laughs> rude? Am I talking over people? Am I too much? You know, um, I've decided no. But um, <laughs> it's what I need to say that, though. Yeah. On the other end of that, I get accused of not talking enough because I tend to be an observer mm -hmm. and watch yeah. things and then just carefully speak later. Mm -hmm. But that it leads people to accuse me of being shy. And I'm like, hmm. Shy involves fear, and I am certainly yeah. not afraid. I'm more like, you people are not worth my time to speak up right now. Yeah, you're like, that is not the problem. Exactly. But, but, you but know, that's my a double-edged sword. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and, the, and then just the fact that both you and I have been criticized for just mm -hmm. our style to begin with is interesting to me. Because it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's interesting to me and ridiculous because how many, you know, successful men are being told that I just wonder like do they have the zero. same experience as us zero like who calls a man shy nobody nobody they would be like oh look at that strong pensive man like exactly <laughs> but so he true. must be a leader be... <laughs> right and like a man speaking up and being assertive would be a man just being confident oh yeah and he's a right it wouldn't like, be any like yes. judgment it would just be oh well he knows he's what leading he's doing. the troops. He knows what he's doing. Yes, he knows which yeah. way to go. We should follow him immediately, right? Because we all and, know they've yeah. been assertive in front of women. They're all mm -hmm. trying to get to the B word really fast. 
that. 100% that. And so it's a tricky world out there for us, especially, right? And I just want to, you know, just make the space and time to let people know it's okay. You know, you're going to get Mm -hmm. backlash and just expect that, but also don't apologize. Like, continue to be unapologetic. And, you know, if it's always it's kind of the same thing with boundaries it's like the people who don't like boundaries are the ones that don't want you to have any and the people (laughs) who don't want you to speak up are the ones that are going to you know judge you um sometimes openly uh they're going to try to manipulate you they're going to you know do everything that they can uh to make you feel like you should make yourself smaller because it suits them and it benefits them and 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 a lot of times we we buy into that and we work against our own interests and that's what we want to avoid and shine light on today. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that how we've learned to adapt to how society is, I think is what we've described, is when we started employing all this diminishing language that like beats us down. Like, well, I might be wrong, but mm. this is what I think. You're inviting someone to tell you, yes, you are wrong. And for it not to be that embarrassing. Mm -hmm. It's a protective measure. Like every, every, yeah. Like all the examples you keep like, yes, you're just trying to, to protect yourself, guard yourself. It's scary. It's It's scary scary. to be vulnerable. It's even like involving our friends or our personal relationships. We'll say things like, no, no worries if you can, but would you want to, (laughs) <laughs> whatever this, this thing. And it was like wow well, wow I mean I get mm-hmm. that we do it and I get that as our protectionism but you know it also kind of makes me sad that we can't just say hey I'm gonna go do blah 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 would you like to join me mm. yeah and you know when you were just saying that example it made me think of how maybe a part of it is that we have been so maybe pushed around at some point in our lives or, you know, kind of bullied into this or that with language that we don't want anyone else to experience that. And maybe that's been internalized in a way where you're just like, you know, I don't want you to think I'm one of those people who's just going to be like, Hey, come do this. (laughs) And (laughs) you feel pressure to do it because I've felt that way before. And I've done things I don't want to do because I've just felt like I had to, you know, maybe it's partly that too, because I could, I could feel that even as you were just saying that very like innocent thing. Um, yeah, that's kind of what came to mind for me is like, people have yeah. been like, hey, come do this. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? I feel the pressure. And I don't we want all to deserve, okay. <laughs> We all deserve so much more. Yeah. Right? Like yeah, we deserve absolutely. to be able to voice our opinions without people saying that we're disagreeable or that we're, I don't know, grouchy or grumpy or whatever it might be. Or what is it that they say about picky? Like, maybe it's not that we're picky. Maybe it's just that we don't like something and it's okay to say, hey, I don't like something. And you know what? Language is so powerful. And I have been correcting myself and others with with that language. And it helps. It's funny, but it really helps. Like, 
the other day somebody said, oh, you know, my dogs are so spoiled. And I'm like, no, they're well loved. And you know, <laughs> and they were like, yes, yes, I love that. And I'm like, yes, stop apologizing for loving on your babies. Those are your fur babies. What's wrong with that? Right. And it's like this internalizing judgment of everything. And that's such an innocent thing. But it's like, literally, we're judging ourselves all the time for everything that we do. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and then, you know, people will say that um, even with kids, oh, I hate this. When people are like, oh, she's bossy I know a million people have talked about this a million people talked about this but I'm just gonna use it as a very common example and I correct people all the time about my child I'm like she and before they even say things now I plant the seed of what they should be thinking so I see my baby you know leading things I'm like oh she's got director skills honey she could be a director of a nice. movie, okay? And she's got high power executive skills. Like she is making this network happen. Like she's organizing this whole situation right now because she does. And that's okay. Like I think that is wonderful. And Absolutely. other people want to make it something negative and I will not allow it. I will not allow that to be the narrative. And so um, take your power of your narrative. You know, if somebody says you're shy, I would be like incorrect. <laughs> You are incorrect about me. You may, I may look shy from the outside, but that is, don't, don't sleep on me, honey, because that is not it. Okay. Here's what's really going on. If you must know. And I mean, that's if you care. And I, I, you know, I used to not care. Um, I used to, or I used to at least like pretend like I didn't care. And, um, people would have all their opinions of me and I would just say, I don't care. I don't care what people think. Right. And I really don't in the fact that like, I'm going to continue being me and doing whatever the hell I want to do. But I will say this, I've been learning recently that the power of language and the power of creating your own narrative is awesome. You can actually help people know what to think about you. And it helps not just because you care what people think or you're dictated by what other people think, but because then they can get you so that you never have to explain yourself again. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about the current thing in American society that irks me from a linguistic standpoint is the overuse of the word healthy when people don't mean that certain foods are healthy they actually mean that they're more nutritious Mm. and there's Mm -hmm. such a big difference in my mind because every time I see someone say the word healthy what flashes in my head are those ridiculous green boxes from like the 90s that were allegedly these healthy choice cookies that were probably (laughs) made of like chemicals and air and cardboard Mm -hmm. which didn't enter our household because my mom of European descent was like, no, we don't buy cookies at the store. We bake cookies. (laughs) Love love her for that. But in American society, I think there was like, there's like always been this weird thing about food that I think traces to puritanical things and Mm -hmm. like factory working Mm. of limiting. And it should just be something that fuels you, but there should be no enjoyment around it. Like, it's a mm. negative thing to enjoy food, but in Europe, that's, like, the lifestyle. Yes. Oh, and man. I've been really turned off by the way American commercials and, I think, lobbying and all the other things that have been done around big farming and the, like, overuse the word healthy when that's not even the word they actually mean, but it's such a triggering word for people to think that it's true, that people do whatever it wants because it's a word that is what people want to be 
even if they don't want to be it. Oh my gosh, you've just like triggered a million things for me, first of all. Um, but the but first that's a powerful thing, word. It's so powerful. And I never realized how it is super tied to like this puritanical, like, because when you're saying healthy, I'm thinking like, again, like people just think of like diets and the whole diet culture to me is toxic. And yes. it's literally built on the idea that like you should hate yourself and your body and you're never good enough. And I had no idea how much like, body dysmorphia I had until very recently honestly because when I was younger I mean I was I won't get too much into it but I mean I was like you know I was tiny and I just thought like all of these crazy things and I think that's probably like so many people's experience especially you know women's experiences and girls experiences Mm -hmm. um and where you just have like this weird you know uh, just understanding of your body based on what the world is telling you and all these mixed messages are sending you and one of the things that I've appreciated lately is understanding that so much of that comes from a money centered (laughs) business right of getting your money and that makes all kinds of sense to me now. I'm like, oh, this is why you would try to like break a child's spirit <laughs> and scar them for life, apparently, just to get some money. That makes so much sense in this world. Right. Um, and so just that's the first thing that it triggered. But it also triggered for me the thought about even in our food even in what we eat, we apologize, like talk, bringing it to this conversation of what we say is like, you know, okay, apologies, all of that. Like, I mean, food is such a weird thing for people. And we apologize. We totally apologize for being, you know, I guess, oh my God, I almost used a word that was like judgy almost. I almost said like indulgent because, you know, that's how it makes me feel when I'm just like, I want to eat food that I love and is delicious like it's so messed up and I have and I've been correcting people on that actually too like people okay not correcting actually that's the wrong word I've been I've been sharing an entirely different perspective with people so like there have been people lately just I don't this is random but there's just been a couple people lately who have said something to me in the effect of I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to lose this many pounds. I'm trying to watch my diet and even I think be healthy is what the, the word that they used, honestly, but you see like, even in that context, what they mean is they actually want to like restrict their diet to lose weight. I think Correct. when they say that they want to be healthy, but sometimes maybe not, Correct. maybe they mean nutritious. I don't know. But I think it's just funny because I have such a different perspective and this is not advice for anybody. So FYI, this is, <laughs> this is not me saying this is the right thing to do. I don't know what the right thing to do. I'm just telling people my truth right now. And my truth right now is like, I have changed the whole narrative. So like the judgy bad narrative would be like, I don't give a crap anymore. I, and part of it is real. Like part of it is, you know, especially with COVID, um, you know, before COVID, I was like, hyper, you know, like focused on what I'm eating and what it means. And even identity rolled into there and all kinds of stuff. And after COVID, I was just like, yep, don't care. I'm going to enjoy my life. (laughs) And I love food. I love wine. I love bread. I'm going to do whatever makes me feel good. And you know, people can judge me. I don't care. That's fine. Uh, But 
I have actually found a little narrative for myself that makes me feel good. <laughs> yeah, where people are just like, you know, I'm dieting and I'm restricting this and that, and I'm like, I'm leaning into being a foodie, and I'm gonna go like try all the wonderful things in this incredible city that I have the privilege of living in, and if I'm lucky enough to experience it, I cannot wait. I'm looking for my next food experience all day. Like I am Food Network over here, honey. Like I am. <laughs> I am just on this whole journey where I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I am so lucky. I'm living. I'm alive today. I'm going to enjoy every meal that I get a chance to enjoy. And I'm going to enjoy it to the fullest. And I have no apologies for anybody that is looking for them. And just to see the look (laughs) on people's faces. I love this. (laughs) It's so funny to me because it's almost like, oh, I feel like and I hope that I'm giving other people permission to do the same. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong because I don't think there is a right or wrong. I think you should eat whatever the hell you want whenever you want and you shouldn't have to explain it to anybody. And so for me, it's like that narrative has become so empowering to be like, this is what I'm doing. And if you want to do that, you can too. <laughs> you can use this language. And what's somebody going to say to you? No, that's not okay. Yeah. Like, who's going to tell you that? I mean, it's nobody's business. It's literally nobody's business. I could not agree more. But it, it just reemphasizes to me how weird we, how weird the words have become around mm-hmm. food in the United mm-hmm. States. Mm-hmm. Like I was, yeah. you know, I'm a big Instacart fan. Thank you, COVID, for teaching me that my time has value. <laughs> and I was you know, perusing Sprouts, and it was, you know, this sugar is gluten free. I'm like, well, no shit, sugar is always <laughs> gluten free. But it's like the marketing is bananas. It's so bananas. I know it, it is, but it's like they are you latching onto a word that they think is powerful, yeah, and they think that'll drive more people to the product. I'm like, yep, yep. this is crazy. I know. I don't even trust anything in a package anymore. And I mean, I know that I'm eating all kinds of stuff in pack. I'm sure from packages in one way or another, but it's just so I can't even. I that whole that whole industry is is it's a terrifying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and B, just confusing, right? Like, it's just, I mean, uh, it's like you have to have a whole, like, education on it to even eat in the country. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, right? it's bananas. And I mean, even if you, um, even if you eat, like, you know, you try to eat, you know, fresh produce and, and things like that, where you think like, oh, this isn't like a bunch of marketing and packaging and stuff like that. It's actually creeping into there, first of all. You know, like, Mm -hmm. even, like, the meats, of course, like, now there's different grades, and there's, well, there's always different grades, but now there's, like, you know, the grass-fed versus organic, like, I mean, there's, there's just too much, there's so many different things, and I just want to live in a country, honestly, where I don't have to think about this anymore, I don't, I'm so tired of thinking about it, can we just have good, you know, wholesome, nutritious food, and, and then just choose from that, like, I, I have too many choices and I, <laughs> I don't like it and I think that a lot of them are just bad bad choices and I'm literally just finding the one that's not going to kill me <laughs> and for me it's like and I, I totally hear you I feel you and it's for like I don't trust the government to put those mm-hmm. labels on there yeah because no, I know how they're manipulated yeah do I trust but... the EU to do it yes mm-hmm. because they've long been against all the stuff that has become, right you know entered America, because I would say lobbyists ah. put it into some 
made, you know, Roundup. I apologize. Oh, yeah. Santa, we need to block that part out because they're probably shouldn't be <laughs> It's probably illegal just to do that. Is it really? That's sad. I okay, don't know well, the idea. I'm just kidding. But, you know, that's what we've gotten to, right, in the United States where it is so manipulated and it's entered so many aspects of our life, right? Like, this is just us going to the grocery store, but it impacts us how we talk to each other like you said, when it comes to food or how we talk about our food choices ourselves or how we talk about the ideas we have at work or our personal relationships. I mean, words are super powerful. And what are we doing to ourselves by not thinking more sensitively about our word choices? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And we have to, we have to, I think we just have to challenge each other on it. I, you know, the first the first thought I have is that it's a habit. Yeah. And the only way we're going to break them is probably to first recognize that it's an issue, obviously. (laughs) Um, And then try to catch it when it's happening and hold ourselves accountable and maybe other people too. You know, I, I, I don't know how that's going to go over, but (laughs) (laughs) But I can say from my personal experience, like I have friends that will call me out on some stuff. Um, even if I'm, it's not even just about language, honestly, it's it's really about language and behavior, right? Because um, your behavior oftentimes, first of all, we have this weird psychological thing where if we say something, we have to try to conform to what we said so that, I mean, it's called saving face, right? So that we don't seem like we are, you know, we're, 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 we're different than what we said, right? We don't, that inconsistency, people hate that. So, um, yeah, the language is so powerful because if you say things and you are trying to just match up to them and your language is already apologetic, your language is already diminishing, your language is really, um, just trying to make yourself you know smaller and and more agreeable then your behavior has to follow that or you look like a hypocrite basically right nobody wants to be a hypocrite and so you have to do that and so yeah I have people call me out on that to be like why are you doing that why are you um why are you doing what everybody wants you to do instead of what's good for you you know and and I'm like oh yeah I am doing that thing aren't I um, and, 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 and that's, that, that helps me is all I'm saying. So maybe we can help each other, um, be that person for somebody else. Um, uh, maybe find a person who can be that person for you and, you know, make it about you, not what that person wants or thinks you should do. But if that person really loves you and knows what's, what you want for you, right. Maybe they can keep you on, on, on track and genuine to yourself. You know, and I love your perspective on that. And the way I tend to look at things is, well, who made up these rules or who created mm-hmm. this situation? And did mm-hmm. I or people like me have any input in it? And now as mm-hmm. we've been talking about this, it made me realize, I think that, oh my God, I just did it myself. I think that. <laughs> okay, correcting myself <laughs> into conversation here. I love it. We're in the practice. This is the practice. Yes. <laughs> this, this is real life people <laughs> we have been either forced or manipulated or 
realize that we should use these diminishing words and diminishing and limiting language about ourselves to keep the people in charge in charge. Mm. And I can safely say the people in charge certainly don't have my gender and don't have my background from other countries. They don't Mm -hmm. look like me, let's just say. At least a lot of time they don't. And I think a lot of us feel the same way, that the people in charge don't really look like us. Yeah. And they can't relate. They can't relate to our experiences, you know, what we've seen, what we've been through, or what we need, period. So why are we using the language to keep them in charge? That's Mm. my thought to myself. I'm like, as I corrected myself previously, wow. I'm just giving those people more ammunition yeah. because I'm yeah. continuing to hold myself back. Yes. Yes. 100%. And interesting. I think that's a really profound point. Thank you for, for bringing that because that is, that's powerful. It really is because then you realize that it's not just an accident. It's not just, you know, a habit that a bad habit you picked up it's it's intentional actually and maybe you know for you it's the same for me um that makes you mad <laughs> and <laughs> makes you want to be a little bit more intentional about you know calling it out and doing something to dismantle it and to borrow a word that is very popular in political parlance right now it almost makes me feel as though we've been groomed to be submissive mm. by these word oh. choices 100 percent. that that is that's it that is it that is totally it and the only way to break that programming is to reprogram and yes. so i know it seems maybe it seems small like we're talking a lot about language today but it is so powerful when you understand that it's being it's being used to manipulate you it is being used against you and if you adopt this language for yourself, then you're perpetuating it through this grooming technique, right? And so what is the way out, Tessa? What can we do to really make sure that we are intentionally fighting against this and maybe reprogramming in a way that's going to change the world? You know, it made me think of our conversation about challenging people to not just say I'm fine. And to mm-hmm. say something authentic at that moment, mm. it doesn't have to lead to a deep conversation. It can just be something that's on your mind. Like, you know, I've been really thinking about this butterfly that flew across my window while I was driving down Mopac. Whatever it might be, you know, mm-hmm. there's something that's authentically on your mind. Maybe that's the same for this language and doing what you've been doing, which is, you know, readjusting people's mentality. I'm trying not to use the word correct because I don't want to make this a, Mm -hmm. you know, we've been doing something bad situation because I don't want to give the people in charge that type of power. Right. But how do we make ourselves more powerful in our language and how do we help others use language that is more powerful? And I think, oh my God, I just said, I think. (laughs) What do you think, Tessa? I can help you. I can set you up. What do you think, Tessa? (laughs) Helping people reframe their thoughts like mm-hmm. in conversation I, I think is very powerful like you've said you've been doing by example it's it's powerful because it yeah, makes reframing. people realize mm-hmm. that There's they are saying their mm-hmm. options and that was probably what 
your reframing of the situation is probably what they were trying to say, but didn't have access to the words that they wanted to use because they hadn't heard them in that way before, which makes sense if we've all been, you know, mm. pre-programmed to think mm-hmm. in a limiting way about ourselves. Yes, we could be the advocate. I love being the advocate. And, yes. and- I've been thinking of myself lately of, you know, is this like the lawyer in me? Because the other day I was just contemplating, I could make a case for anything, like <laughs> <laughs> for anybody. Like my instinct is to be like, you know, what's good about what you're thinking? What is yeah. the, it's the optimism in me, right? But it I actually is an advocate situation where you're like, I'm coming to bat for you. Like you're down on yourself. Uh-uh. Like we need to reframe, mm-hmm. repackage and rebrand this right now. And um, like, it's, it's, it's the same thing as we've talked about before of, you know, being, what would you say to your best friend type of situation? Like yeah. we need to say that to our best friend and to our coworker and to ourselves. Like we need to be this advocate for ourselves and for other people around us because, it is entrenched. This, you know, what is that word? It's like self-deprecating. Um, I think. Um, you know, this, yes. this whole this whole thing is 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 we're swimming in it. We're all mm-hmm. swimming in it. We've all been we've all been given signals and cues to do it at different times for different reasons. And I think one of the big things is that you know you want to you want to come off like modest and humble. So that people don't see you like as a threat like there's this whole thing of you know not wanting to be too too big or too you know aggressive or like you know you don't want to be the target type of thing and I get that but I always like to tell people you know there's a spectrum there's there's aggressive <laughs> you don't ever really want to be that you don't want to be passive either though right because then you're not really being an, an agent in your own life um i use the word assertive because it's helped me through this um and i know that you know that that word is packed with a lot of things for other people too but whatever that middle is for you where you can say what you mean yeah and what you really genuinely think and feel without hurting other people in 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 a malicious way yes do that get into that and don't apologize for that because you know what I bet you there's somebody else in the room that's doing it with maybe some maliciousness (laughs) and they're not apologizing honey like they (laughs) they're not they're not saying sorry um and you know what usually those people are the ones I mean sadly that like get promoted that get to you know that get to be seen as like this leader and we don't want those people leading we need you leading we need people with heart Mm -hmm. we need people that are genuine we need people that are good people but that have been taught to be small we need them to rise up and be the leaders. That's that's the future. Absolutely. So I think this is a great way to segue to let's challenge each other this week mm-hmm. to help ourselves and others use positive, assertive, impactful words when we are communicating with our coworkers, when we're communicating with our bosses, when we're communicating with our significant others and with our friends, not in a way that is hurtful, as you say, but in a way that just authentically reveals what we are thinking about a situation. 
Yes. And whether and or not it's important to us. Yes. And I'm thinking of just like one little trick that we might be able to use in this practice um would be the pause I love the pause the pause gives me life all day and it's really powerful so we're talking about something we are formulating opinions maybe as a group maybe one-on-one and it comes time for you to share your opinion instead of saying I think this or you know based on all of these things or I might be wrong maybe we pause and You might say something to get the attention of the group or the other person. You might say something like, well, and then pause and gather your thoughts and then give your opinion unapologetically to say what you think without saying, I think, right? And that um, that has worked for me where I might not be ready to say because another part of this is that we're using these kind of filler words as kind of you know like a time buyer Mm -hmm. something to help us to transition into our actual thoughts and I'm an extrovert so I think out loud so I do this you know all the time I have all kinds of things that I say (laughs) to buy time but a pause is really powerful so maybe try that out this week when you're ready to give your opinion say something like well this is what we should do. I really liked the blue one. I really liked your thought about the direction that we should go. You know, just, just give, just give it, give it to them, give it to them. Don't, don't, don't qualify what you're saying. Just have a little pause, be ready to say what you're going to say. Maybe you can even say, I think silently and then Mm -hmm. say whatever you were going to say anyways. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that could be, our challenge and our practice for the week. And I'm going to hold myself to the same, same challenge for sure. And I'm excited to report back what a difference it makes. As am I. So thank you everyone for listening. I am very excited about this week coming up that we can make a positive difference. These words matter and we should start with ourselves and making sure we are talking about ourselves in the best light possible. Absolutely. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening.